Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. So you can take a lot of great adventures in your lifetime, and I, and I really hope that you do, but the greatest adventure that you can take is following Jesus with your life. You never know what's around the next turn. You get to live with purpose and meaning. You can, you can know that you're never alone, and you can know that your future is secure. Those are all great reasons to walk with Jesus in this life, but life's a journey. It's a long road. And we started re-watching the movie, The Lord of the Rings the other day because Liz has never seen it. And I was reminded that these guys go on a long, long walk in the movie. In fact, all three of those movies are basically just a few guys going on a walk together, but it's full of twists and turns and monsters and evil and all kinds of problems. And our lives can feel kind of like that, can't they? Where we're on a journey, it's difficult, and, and we're fighting all these demons around us, whether it's a mortgage payment or a challenge at work or a kid who's struggling or like a neighbor who plays his music too loud or, or a difficult relationship or a broken down marriage or some bad decisions that other people made or some bad decisions that I made that impact me. And we pick up baggage along the way on, on journeys like that. Not baggage that we want to take with us. It's just that some things happen in life and we can't help but pick these things up and start to carry them with us. And, and they begin to weigh us down. If, if, if life feels really heavy to you today, I want you to know that there is good news. Like you don't have to carry the heavy burdens in life on your own. I, I believe God wants to lighten your load and my load. But first, we need to understand what those burdens are. And, and they're actually talked about all through the scriptures. And so these are things that people have been dealing with that we deal with, they've been dealing with and carrying around forever. You, you see them show up even in the very first story that we get in all of the Bible. That's how long these burdens have been impacting us as humans. Three things specifically that we pick up and put in our, our bag and it makes our journey more difficult than it has to be and heavier, but we have a tough time letting these things go. The first book in the Bible is Genesis and, and in that first chapter, we find the story of how God created the universe, created our world and men and women and in the beginning, they're in perfect relationship with him. You ever had a day or an afternoon or even a moment maybe on a walk in the woods or sitting uh, out by the beach or wherever you find yourself totally relaxed and full of joy, you know that, you know that feeling that you have there, that's what Adam and Eve lived with all the time, a constant feeling of connection with their loving creator and of lightness and, and joy. God had given them this garden and he'd said, hey, everything here I made for you, I want you to enjoy it. There's, there's just one tree over there. I don't want you to eat any fruit from because it's not good for you. It's gonna do harm to you. And so, so please, God says to them, do what I ask you to do and don't eat from it, but you're free to enjoy everything else. And, and everything else was was a lot, but just like us, when something amazing comes along and, and we're enjoying it, like if you had a success at work or you made the team or you got a good grade or, or a relationship is turning around in your life, right when you're feeling good about something, another voice comes along and makes you start to doubt everything. 
And this is exactly what happens as, as Adam and Eve are enjoying everything that God has done. A voice comes along to disrupt their relationship with God and each other. And Genesis chapter three begins that story like this. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Did God really say, he said, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? First of all, th that's not what God said. The serpent is putting words in God's mouth. He didn't say you can't eat from any tree in the garden. He said, don't eat from this one place, this one tree. Our spiritual and emotional downfall starts with doubts about God. Voices come at us twisting what God has said and raising doubts about it. Did God really say? That's another way of saying, you don't really believe that, do you? Did, did God really say that he loves me that much? Did God really say that I should be generous? Did God really say that I should stay sexually pure? Did, did God really say that he has a purpose and a plan for me? Questioning what he says about the world around you leads to doubting what he says about you. Did God really say? Asking that leads to questioning yourself. Like maybe, maybe I don't have a real purpose. Maybe he doesn't really love me. Maybe, maybe he doesn't have a plan for me. Maybe he's not at work on my behalf. Maybe I, I don't have infinite worth in his eyes. Doubt about what he says leads to doubt about yourself which leads you into a spiral. And that's where Eve went and Adam came along with her on that journey. Here's how it goes. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. There's a, there's a subtle change that happens there. So subtle, you might not see it at first glance, but it's significant. And, and, and like, I'm telling you, this is what counselors deal with in counseling office, offices with us all day long, because these things are so critical. They're so important. There's a subtle but significant change in this conversation. The serpent moves from did God really say to is God really good? In other words, can he be trusted? I'm tell you something that's just true. Uh, once I begin to question what he says, it's easier to question who he is. Is God really good? It's a fundamental question that we have about him. All of us have it. It makes some sense, right? It's, it's what we do to each other. If you ever had a friend who says one thing to your face, but another behind your back, that happens to all of us, right? You're going to naturally begin to question whether they are a good person or not. The evil one is always trying to convince us that that's what God is doing. He doesn't really mean what he says. Th th that's doubt, right? Is God really good? Well, the story continues on. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked and so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Uh, something very powerful enters the picture at this point. And, and this is one of those things that we pick up and put in our bags to carry around with us. It's called shame. 
Shame enters the picture. Shame is a, it's a powerful thing. Guilt is different. Guilt is the recognition of, of what we've done or what we haven't done to somebody around us or, or to ourselves or to God. Guilt is produced when something that we do goes against what we value the most. And, and in that way, guilt can actually be helpful. Guilt can cause us to turn back to God and to repent. Guilt can cause us to rebuild and reconcile a relationship with somebody that we've, we've hurt. Shame from guilt. That can actually be helpful too for, for a small period of time. But there's another kind of shame that we see here and, and that we struggle with too. too. Brene Brown says that shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done, or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. Shame stops us in our tracks. It, it keeps us from experiencing real love and intimacy and a real relationship with God because it tells us a lie about ourselves that we are unworthy. Often we don't move past the feelings of shame, like shame over a mistake that we made, shame over a relationship that failed or is failing, the shame of a very public failure that we had or the shame that can come with the awareness of something about ourselves that we don't like. And if we don't work through it, it can severely damage uh, us emotionally. It can weigh us down unnecessarily and it can lead us to make decisions that we wouldn't normally make. Shame can become the lens we look through to see life. And if it's unchecked, it leads to somewhere else. Verse eight, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So they hear God coming and they realize that they have really screwed up. And so instead of coming to him and, and admitting what they've done, which if they'd really thought about it, I think they, they, they would have known that he already knew. Instead of that, they do the first thing that they can think of, their first reaction, they hide. They hide from God, like, like they really could hide from God, right? But here's something else that we pick up and put in our bag to carry with us. Shame leads to hiding. Hiding from God and hiding from each other. Here, here's how we do that in our lives. Like we hide from God, in some certain ways, we hide from God by, by getting too busy for him. Like, like we never make the time to slow down and interact with him. We hide from God by ignoring his invitations. Uh, uh, do you know that he's always inviting you in? He's always inviting you closer. He's always inviting you into more of him and it's on us to respond. And, and, and when we don't, we're basically hiding. And we hide from God by believing that we are the sum total of all our faults and all our failures and all our inadequacies. And shame leads us to think that this is all we are. And in this way of thinking, our failures and shortcomings deliver the headline of our lives, the headline that everybody else reads. That's what we think anyway, but it's not the truth. And, and, and when we do that, it's actually a way to hide from God, but we also hide from each other. Here's how we do that. Shame leads us to hiding by being too busy to really connect. Like, I, like I'm not gonna make time for that. I, I, I used to, or I'd like to, or maybe one day I will, but I just don't have time to do that right now. We hide from one another by refusing to be vulnerable. Like if, if I put up a wall, it's, it's hard for you to get past it, isn't it? And that, that wall can be made of, of a large variety of things. It can be made up of my failures, for sure. It can also be made up of my successes. 
Let me tell you how many amazing things I've done. Like that's often a way to refuse vulnerability and push people away. I really believe that the, the overly confident among us are actually using that to hide, just like those of us who may be lacking in confidence. And, and, and then we hide from each other by believing that we're not worth knowing. Like if you knew me, you really wouldn't like me. Shame really can do a number on us there. Shame is, is a burden that we carry. And, and when we hide because of our shame from God and each other, it makes it actually even worse. It doubles the load that we carry, it doubles the weight and the burden. And if it's still undealt with, it leads somewhere even worse then. In verse nine, it said that the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. You know what led them to this place of, of shame and hiding and now blame? They left God out of the picture. Like they began to make their own decisions about their lives on their own. And, and when we leave God out of the picture, the whole thing begins to spiral downward and eventually out of control. You know, you know why that's the case? Because, and, and like, hear this the right way. You don't know everything. And, and you're making decisions like you do. Like you have all the answers, but you don't. Because you can't. It's interesting, some, some of the smartest people around us are, are like scientists and doctors, right? And they are almost always some of the first to admit, we don't know everything. H how can they do that? Because they're constantly learning. Like, like science is constantly evolving. We're, we're always learning more and more about the body and the world and the, and the universe. We're always learning more things about that. Nobody knows it all except for one. And God's the only one who has all the answers. And so when we know that, but, but we leave him out of the picture anyway, the whole thing spirals downward. When, so when they begin to make decisions without God's input, here's what happens, and this is what we do too. Shame leads to blame. Uh, when we don't have the confidence in, in who we are being made in God's image. We take matters into our own hands, which is basically the definition of sin. When we take matters into our own hands, we experience guilt, which is, which is what we should feel at that point and, and is ultimately a good thing. And, and that leads to shame, which can be good too if it's dealt with properly. But if you don't make peace with God, shame gets out of control. Shame because we don't feel good about ourselves. Shame because we don't feel good about our relationship with God. And so then we blame other people for things that are not their fault, usually the people closest to us. And at that point, it's like you're, you're kind of like a trapped animal in a corner. You will look for any way to escape. Adam and Eve finally came face to face with God like we all will. And God asks Adam what he did, and he blames her. God asks Eve what she did. She blames the serpent. And this is where we intersect with this story. Because our pattern is often the same. Like we doubt what God says about the world and then we doubt what God says about us. And that leads us to shame and shame, if it's unchecked, leads to hiding from God and each other. And that leads to blame where our issues are always somebody else's fault. So, so like, what do we do with this? This is where the gospel comes in. 
And we have to understand first where, where we are and what we're doing before we can grasp what he has done. This is the great news of Jesus that you don't have to carry these burdens of shame and hiding and blame anymore, that you can lay them at the foot of the cross and leave them there and never pick them up again. Now, you may need help to do that from, from God, from your friends, but he is saying that this is possible for you and for me. We tell ourselves, um, hey, pick up your load and carry it. Like, get, get, it, get yourself together. You have to do this yourself. You have to hold on to these things. Meanwhile, Jesus willfully went to the cross and rose again from the dead so you don't have to carry a burden that you can't possibly bear. That's the story of Adam and Eve, but here is our story. Second Corinthians says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He's perfect because I am not. He is sinless and I am not. He's righteous and his righteousness becomes my own through the cross and because of him, not me, him, I can set these burdens down and move on. We're meant to travel light, guys, with joy and peace and a sense of wonder and adventure. So what do you say to that? You know, it's just like, thank God for grace, the undeserved favor of God. Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. Thank you that I stand in front of you in the righteousness of Jesus, not my own. I rely on his perfect performance. The beauty of Jesus, of the gospel, is that you can start there too. You can set the burdens of shame and hiding and blame down and give them to the one who can handle them better than you. He truly is just one prayer away. And if you're feeling those burdens right now, his invitation to you is to lay them at his feet. Let's pray. God, for all of my friends who are hearing this and are feeling the weight of uh, shame, the weight of, of, of pain in their lives that's causing shame or maybe even causing hiding uh, or a desire to hide from, from other people, maybe a desire to hide from you, God. And, and maybe that's led us to even pointing fingers of blame at others. Would you give us the strength right now and the power to be able to let go, to lay these things at your feet, to lay these things on the cross? You ask us to, you invite us to cast all our anxiety on, on you because you care about us. Would you give us the power and the strength and the energy to do that right now and surrender these burdens to you so that we can walk forward in freedom and, and joy, knowing that you invite us to travel with you and to travel light, and that you're gonna walk with us wherever we go. We pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.